I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of the Steven and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about 10 ways to stay in front of prospects. Welcome back here to episode 27 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Got a good lineup today, a top 10 list, if you will. Uh, but before we do... Yeah, before we do, I have a quick hack. Do you like that term, hack? I don't. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tip or hack, whatever you want to call it, on freeing up space on your iPhone without actually deleting any photos or, or apps or music. And this is how it works. So in order to free up space, and, and I'm sure many of you who are listening are thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be pretty cool. And it's like, it is cool. My wife showed it to me. Uh, so to free up space, you go over to iTunes and try and purchase something that is a real, really large file. So it might be a movie, um, something like that, something that's really big. So like Lord of the Rings movie, I checked this out ahead of time. Uh, the Two Towers is 6.2 gigs. So if you don't have 6.2 gigs on your phone, try and download that. Then... Go back and check your settings, and what's going to happen is – well, first you're going to get a message that says, hey, you don't have enough space to download that. Hmm. Then go back to your settings, um, and you'll notice that the iPhone went in and basically tries to shed any unwanted data there, and it'll free up space. And, and in the test I did, it gave me like a half a gig all of a sudden freed up on my phone. And you can do Pretty it solid. over and over and over. Um, someone on Reddit said that they actually got four gigs – by, by doing that uh, multiple times. Pretty, pretty, pretty solid cool. hack, bro. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, I guess you don't have to worry about that with your phone, right? Uh, yeah, that's been the big debate around the office. I went from Apple, longtime Apple user, to Android here lately. So I've been bragging about the storage space I have on this beast and offering to back up other people's phones. On the <laughs> yeah, you, you want me to back up your phone for you? <laughs> so, so well, let's get into right. the meat of today. That was an excellent hack, Kevin. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, we're going to talk about 10 creative ways to keep dying, prospe- uh, dying prospects on life support. Uh, questionable title here, but the, the concept <laughs> is solid. Uh, yeah. you know, essentially, you've got some people who don't decide to do business with you immediately, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, in any line of work, we have that with our business. You've got that as a financial advisor. And there's some gold in your in, in your dying prospect list, yeah, you know, right? I mean, yeah. The idea is that not everyone is ready to work with you on their on on your timeline. They, they're going to make decisions on their timeline. So, what do you do with these people? I mean, a lot of advisors do nothing with them. Hey, Stephen Boswell, he's not moving forward with me. Cross him off my list, right? Uh, but this happened to have been a person who has the money to do business with you is in the market for financial services mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. They value financial advice. Um, and they were linked to you in some way. They came to you by way of an accountant or an attorney or a friend of yours or somehow they came to you. So there are people worth staying in touch with. Now, one of the things that we gathered from Tam Milton, one of our coaches and, yep. and just a, a, a great source of advice in this industry, is that only salespeople touch base. Yeah, they don't. They right? give you a call and say, hey, just want to follow up, see if anything's changed. Yeah, and, and we all know how irritating that is, right? right. We're, in, we're in, in the market for a vendor here in our office, and we've had so many touch base calls. You just disregard them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're irritating, right? So we're thinking of ways to get in touch with people without it seeming like a touch base. I got one the other day, Kevin, three separate emails from this one company. Subject line, over to you, Stephen. Like, hey, over it's your you. turn like, to respond. Like, hey, the ball's in your court now. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
You're yeah. creative but annoying at the same time. So think about ways that you can touch base that actually add some substantial value in some way. Uh, or, or help develop the social relationship side of things um, a, a little more. So we're going to go through, again, 10, 10 different ways. Um, and obviously with any of these, you're going to need to space out these contacts, right? We're going to give you different ideas, but you don't do them back to back to back to back, week after week after week. Then you're going to seem kind of weird. Yeah, right? and that's, that's a question we get sometimes from, from many of the coaching clients who come to us is I've got this big fish prospect who has not said no, but has not said yes, yeah. uh, or or at least not at this time. So how do you stay in front of them? We're going to go through a top 10, starting with number one, inviting them to an intimate client event. Mm-hmm. Um, we like this as a prospecting strategy anyway. When you've got somebody who's shown some interest in working with you, one of the best ways to establish some credibility is to invite them to a client event where, who are they going to be sitting beside? Some of your best, most satisfied clients. That's right. Right? Yeah. I mean, we love client events just because they build loyalty with existing clients. And then they're also great ways to develop better relationships with the prospective clients. But I think that's a really uh, a nice gesture. What if they, I mean, if they don't take you up on it, who cares? Right? I mean, you invited them to an event. It was a reason for you to touch base with them to, to say, you know, again, to, to try and build some rapport. Right. And you're cleverly seating them beside your biggest advocate. Yeah. You might even nudge your advocate and say, hey, put in a good Nichols word for over me. here is considering us. Yeah, <laughs> lay it on thick today. Uh, but just even if, you, even if they didn't lay it on thick, by association, they're seeing other people here are a lot like me. They're happy with this guy or gal. There must be something to it. Maybe I should make the move as well. Yep. Uh, number two here is share articles or blogs. So if you find an article related to your prospect's business or maybe a passion point, you know, go, go online, run a search, see what you can find, and then send them a little message with, you know, maybe it's an email with a link to the article. And don't make that article sound like you were out searching for it. Say, hey, Bumped into this article. I know you're a big cyclist. This is a pretty interesting article on XYZ topic. Thought you would enjoy it. And that's it. And that now you have, a, a, again, a nush, another touch point right then and there. I like it. It's a, it's a small gift without spending any money, Yep. which is a nice strategy. What, what about also, I mean, if you find something in the paper, clipping it? Yeah, article clippings. Uh, you know, some of the easy ones are recipes or articles about sports teams. Uh, yeah. or about their favorite type of fitness. Those things are easily findable, and they're in almost every major paper every day. Yep. Right. So uh, number three, share a client story that's relevant to them. Now, this one takes a little bit of explaining because we're not advocating that you call into old prospects and say, hey, I've got a story to share with you. Yeah, that would right? be awkward. Uh, but, but we are saying that you want to have some stories on hand for when you're talking to them. So let's say that we had a time that we were uh, catching up to, to – uh, you know, for whatever reason, let's say you're at a client event of mine or I'm having you back into the office. I want to be ready with some stories that are relatable to you of ways that we've helped other people in your situation in the past. Perfect. Sometimes yeah. that can happen verbally like that, sharing a story. Other times you might have some white papers uh, that you might be able to share with them as well, but have uh, have a story to tell. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have some collateral material, white papers that are very pertinent to something specifically that they're going through, shoot it over. Uh, number four is connect on social media and engage. And this one should be a, a no-brainer, but... Um, connecting on LinkedIn without a doubt, especially if you have a more business relationship. If you have a business and social relationship, make sure that you connect on on Facebook. Uh, we're doing a whole series on Facebook right now and the uh, ability it gives you to deepen relationships and build rapport online. Um, t- take advantage of that and then intentionally engage with them. Don't overdo it, but every now and then kind of like, comment uh, on their posts. Absolutely. And, and I had a guy yesterday tell me, uh, he was considering our coaching services, and I said, what, so what's your story with LinkedIn? I saw you've got an account. What do you, how do you use it? He says, well, we've, we, that probably wouldn't be something we'd want to address with you guys. We have it pretty well covered. And I'm looking at his profile, and I'm thinking, yeah, 
Not really. <laughs> so I said, beyond the branding, I think we can help you with some branding here. But you know, talk to me. What else are you doing with it? He goes, well, we, we pay somebody, and they just post stuff for us all the time, so right. we don't really need anything. I'm and saying. that's got it covered. So that's not covering what we're talking about here. The fact that you drip content on the web uh, is not a bad thing, but don't treat that as, uh, as engaging with these people on social media. You'd be a lot better off going in, either relating with them on Facebook or commenting or liking their post on on. LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. More so than posting your own stuff out. Yep. Uh, number five, a uh, sneaky little strategy here called bumping <laughs> into them at an event. Bumping into them. Right. right. Um, it happens, but you know where some of these people congregate. Perhaps it's a charity event uh, that you know they're going to be at. Maybe it's a, um, a sporting event that they're likely to attend. I mean, you, you know them well enough. You've met with them. They're a prospect of yours. If you wanted to bump into them, there's a good chance you can make it happen. I, I really like this strategy. I think it, it's smart. And again, you, you're just thinking creatively and looking at, at the events going on in your community, you can probably get an idea of where they're going to be. And then when you see them at that event, don't talk business. Don't bring up business. Again, it's just a nice social contact. Yeah. And we're not saying go hang out at the gas station near their house every morning at 7 a.m. in hopes that they stop <laughs> or eating lunch every day in their company cafeteria. I like you said earlier, showing up at their, their kid's birthday party. Yeah. yeah. Funny seeing you here at your son's birthday party. <laughs> uh, uh, next one here, uh, number six, is make a personal introduction. And this is the, the concept of being a giver and giving back. Uh, this is thinking about your prospective clients, what they do for a living, and who you know that would be beneficial for them to meet. And then orchestrating that introduction. I, I think that's a really smart one. And when we talk about LinkedIn strategies, we're all about that concept of being a giver uh, and looking to create synergies between other professionals. Yeah, absolutely. And you can go through on a campaign with some of these. Like if you said today, you know what? It'd be a good good idea to go back through my old prospect list because we all have those. Go back through and see in what way can I help some of these people. Yeah, just go through the whole list. Who could I connect them with? Mm-hmm. Even if you don't, even if you think it's a little bit of a stretch. Oh, they probably know everybody in the the grain and feed industry here locally, or they know everybody they need to know over at, at VF or Lorillard. Um, go out on a limb. Just say, hey, yeah. I was thinking. You know, I'm sure you know a lot of people over there, but I've got a few contacts as well. Would it help for us to, you know, to, to share some of that? Yeah, and that's, that's engaging the law of reciprocity, giving back. I think I think it's a really good good idea. Number seven, send a small thoughtful gift. Um, ties right into what Kevin was saying with sharing articles or newspaper clippings. You want to be careful on sharing uh, on sending small thoughtful gifts to prospects. You don't want to give the wrong impression. And it can't be an extravagant gift. No, and it can't be one that's just a token gift like you know sleeves of golf balls or a gift, gift card. Gift. Yeah, I was gonna say that gift card kind of stuff. It's just it, it misses the point. This would be the only way you would do this is if. It's highly personalized. Yes. The cheaper, the better. Yeah. Not cheap, like, but one that doesn't make it seem like your intentions are buying business. The more expensive it becomes, the more disingenuous it can come across. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, when you're thinking gifts, err on the side of doing it cheaper, free article clippings and whatnot. Just Uh, a coffee table book. You're thinking about them without going overboard. Uh, next one here is to check in socially. So, if you know during that um, discovery process, wherever you know you're going through with that prospect, if you uncovered things about them personally that they might be going through or experiencing, this is just a quick call to check up on those things. And so, and it has to be legitimate. It can't be something where they felt like, "Hey, he called me because he really wants to talk business, but he instead asked me about my kids and how they're doing." Right? Like, it needs to feel real. Yeah, let's let's think of some examples of this one. So, like, um, you know, right now, I know I, for whatever reason, I've had a number of our clients who are going on vacation here coming up. Mm-hmm. Going to the Caribbean, uh, you know, things are starting to warm up a little bit. Good time to to, to get out of here before yep. hurricane season or whatever, I guess. Um, 
you know, might that warrant a, a quick call to say, hey, I, I know you're uh, you're about to head out. Have you been to this island before? Because, you know, I, I'd been before and I've got some travel guys I could send over yeah. or I could connect you with one of my clients who just got back from there. But you're thinking creatively about ways to check in with them. And, and if you did have a personal relationship with them before they became a prospective client for you, uh, then this is even easier. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, number nine, recognize their birthday. Or any other life event. You, if you notice that they have a birthday coming up, you can, might find that on Facebook or LinkedIn. Or there may be a work anniversary that you uncover on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you can recognize that. You don't have to go overboard, but a quick call or, or dropping them a note in the mail certainly wouldn't be out of bounds. And number 10 here is spreading some holiday cheer when we get around the holidays. It's really a perfect opportunity to show that you care. Um, and so don't cross off some of these old prospects and only, you know, uh, reach out to and, or send cards out to existing clients, right? I mean, think about how you can broaden that approach. It's an excuse to touch base with them. Yeah, absolutely. So part of what we're trying to do here, gang, is to think through, you know, these were people, they made your list for a reason. Mm -hmm. Even if they blew you off for whatever reason, or they chose somebody else even, a lot happens. You know, things happen quickly in this market environment. So it's great to be in touch with people, not over the top, but we want to nurture that old prospect list because at some point, the timing is right. Yeah, I mean, think about the long-term effects of you build this foundation of people that's, I mean, it is going to continue to grow and grow and grow, and you continue to nurture it. And like Stephen said, when the time is right, you're the one they think of. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I tell people this occasionally, and I think they get annoyed with it, but second place is not a bad place to be <laughs> uh, sometimes, right? You want to win your fair share of business. You want to get, get these clients to sign on with you. But if you're second place in their mind, you may be first place at some point because a lot of advisors either, uh, you know, I won't say a lot, but there are advisors who don't treat their clients very well. There are advisors yeah. who don't have a succession plan. And so they go into retirement and all of a sudden this client's in need of someone else. So things happen. Especially when you're selling in a world of intangibles where people don't really know what they're getting until they get it or don't get it. it yeah, exactly. Yep. Until those promises aren't kept. So. so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin if you have a question for the show. We love getting those. So just send it to us uh, via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. doesn't really matter. Yep. Uh, we're findable. So thanks all. Thanks.